0: Hi, and welcome to our first WordPress Edge podcast. This is the ultimate destination for professionals, those in the WordPress industry, looking to harness the power of WordPress for large enterprise-scale solutions. I'm your host, Landon DePasquale. I'm an enterprise web strategist here at AmericanEagle.com. In this episode, we're gonna be speaking with Sean Blakely, the director of our enterprise WordPress team, who's gonna be talking with us about what enterprise WordPress is and how you can make WordPress work at an enterprise scale. Welcome to the show. Sean, thank you so much for joining us.
1: It's a pleasure, London.
0: It's great to have you on the show. So Sean, give us a little bit of your background. What puts you in a good position to speak about enterprise WordPress?
1: So I've been working with WordPress for maybe a decade and a half now, I think. Back in 2006, I think it was my first experience with WordPress. And even then, it was an extraordinary platform. So I remember the, the problem that I was trying to solve. I was working with relatively small clients and they were trying to create sites, but they weren't technically uh, accomplished. And so they were looking for an easy way for them to sort of create uh, content to put into their websites. And, and this is where I kind of discovered my first experience of WordPress which was really solving that problem to be creating an interface which wasn't dissimilar to kind of word documents at the time but really was that shallow learning curve to enable people who and remember like this is decade and a half ago that the internet was a a more intimidating place it was less kind of user friendly then there was lots of you know technologists and and technologists kind of dominated uh, the environment and so it could be very intimidating to non- technology or technologists kind of people. And so that's really was the first problem that WordPress enabled me to help my clients kind of overcome was putting content into technical sites, you know, to, to really be a true content management system. And then it's really been an amazing journey since then. So in that kind of decade and a half, I've grown with WordPress as WordPress has scaled, it's changed from really being what was primarily a blogging platform into a, a more of a kind of fully featured content management system. I remember when custom post types came in, which was a, a real game changer in terms of WordPress. It was no longer orientated simply towards posts, but you could have uh, posts and pages. You could suddenly have things like events. You know, this was a real game changer. And you could have things like uh, the concept of people, the concept of, you know, sort of other other content types and other uh, stories that you could tell within WordPress. And this was incredibly you know, enabling in terms of how the platform could be used. And then, of course, in more recent times, as the API came in, the RESTful API really enabled us to start uh, changing and evolving the way that WordPress could be utilized, the adaptability, the flexibility of the integrations that we could bring into WordPress. And really, it came to, I think, m- maybe five or six years ago, was uh, maybe a little longer, maybe within the last decade or so. Enterprise organizations, that's kind of large organizations that maybe have a a large ecosystem of technology, a large stack that they need to be mindful of and maintain. Well, WordPress started to creep into that stack. So maybe in the first instance, it would be a kind of marketing micro sites. Maybe the marketing team are, are doing sort of campaign driven sites. And so WordPress is kind of like sneaking into the technology stack that way. But sometimes, like increasingly, WordPress is being used as the core platform and WordPress is being kind of leaned into. And really, I've been incredibly lucky to be on that journey, to really be sort of riding alongside WordPress, to be scaling and growing with WordPress, to grow and scale my experience as I've been working alongside the growth within WordPress and been on that same trajectory. And really, it's sort of bringing us to the current day where we've got this extraordinary platform now that has a world-class, and I would suggest second to none, and maybe Landon will have a chance to talk about this in a moment, in terms of the editing experience. It truly is an extraordinary platform now, but also in terms of its flexibility around integrations. You know, thinking about the kind of ecosystem that you have as an enterprise organization with our CRM integration, we've invariably got some tech legacy systems in terms of our back end. We might have multiple CMSs, so we might also need to look at integrating with a Sitecore instance or a Sitefinity and so on. And WordPress can flex to all of these different areas. It's, a, it's an extraordinary platform and really in today's sort of industry, today's marketplace, you know, it really does. It's second to none in terms of the flexibility and the, the possibilities that WordPress has to offer. I'm always genuinely surprised when organisations don't put WordPress at the front of their platform selection and work away from WordPress in terms of questioning what WordPress can't fulfil. To me, That's now the position that WordPress has in the marketplace. It should be the default platform selection.
0: And that might seem like a very uh, strong statement. Like, Why would you say that WordPress needs to be the default selection? But I think what we've seen is that given the amount of market share that WordPress has on the web, what are we up to? 42% of the web is WordPress now? Something crazy like that. It's
1: fluctuating as we're measuring those numbers in slightly different ways. But yes, I mean, it's it's of that magnitude.
0: So so the fact that the vast majority, not of a like 50% majority, but if you were to compare that to every other platform, it outshines literally every other platform. That's a huge, that's a huge thing. And I think to Sean's point, that's exactly why WordPress should be your default starting option, because it is out there. It is incredibly commonly used. Everyone knows it and it is being used in enterprise settings. There are really large organizations that are making WordPress work for them. And so I guess the question is, Sean, when we talk about WordPress at an enterprise level, what is enterprise WordPress? What sets enterprise WordPress apart from just regular WordPress or other enterprise solutions?
1: I'll come back to a point you just made, actually, before I, I move on to that, because it kind of folds into the same the same piece. So whilst we're looking at sort of 42, 43% of the, the web are using WordPress in, in some way or another, that's a very diverse marketplace. Like, that's a very diverse usage. And in fact, you will probably look at a high percentage of that will be simple sites, simple bloggers, you know, simple implementations. There won't be much complexity there. And so the commonality of WordPress isn't necessarily one of its strengths, other than two things, I would suggest. So one is that it is the most security examined piece of software in the world. So it's constantly under examination, constantly both under attack in terms of uh, negative players, negative players within the space, but also the incredible Vigilance that we have in in terms of the core security team uh, and other security services are constantly monitoring WordPress and security within WordPress. I think now the WordPress security in in terms of the core uh, of WordPress is second to none because it's under such scrutiny, such constant scrutiny. Um, And so that's one of the benefits of being so uh, ubiquitous in terms of the the CMS market. And I would say the second is the availability of resource. If you've ever run a large uh, enterprise build, a sort of digital transformation or digital build uh, in in kind of any platform outside of WordPress, you'll know that it can be very challenging, particularly if you've tried it without an external agency partner. It can be very challenging to find those skills in the marketplace. And, And often you don't know how good those skills are until you're halfway through the implementation, halfway through the build. Sometimes you don't know until after it's gone live that maybe legacy implementations or legacy strategies have been used, and then suddenly you're on a deprecation path where your implementation is being sunsetted. And yet, you know, what have you done? You, you've tried to make the right choices and you've tried to get the right individuals sort of involved. And so I think this is one of the great strengths of, of WordPress enterprise is that availability of resource. However, having said that, as we've just kind of hinted at, there are a multitude of different approaches to WordPress and just having a WordPress kind of out of the box site certainly isn't enterprise ready. You know, it's not it's not enterprise ready by, by default. And in fact, it's never its intention. That's not what WordPress is focused on. It's the democratization of the web. So it's really enabling you and me and my mum to create websites with minimal to no technical knowledge or expertise, rather than trying to solve big platform challenges that are at the enterprise space. And so, for WordPress at Enterprise, it is a different undertaking. There are certain parts of WordPress that we need to supplement with external services, and we can talk about those maybe in a moment. There are certain areas of WordPress that maybe we focus on more and we kind of improve. There are certain areas that we need to uh, manage in in ways that maybe aren't so relevant to, to smaller. Uh, to smaller organisations or smaller implementations Um, but in the right hands and with the right level of expertise like an agency like American Eagle where we do have that depth of knowledge, that depth of experience and expertise. Supplementing the areas where where native WordPress, out of the box WordPress maybe isn't quite so strong, supplementing it in the right areas in the right ways it becomes this extraordinary platform, you know, this extraordinarily robust and secure platform, and incredibly flexible, you know, flexing to all manner of problems and challenges that simply is unparalleled in terms of other platforms and other approaches to, to problems in this space.
0: And while this is not the definition of an enterprise build, I would suggest that flexibility in an enterprise stack is absolutely essential and that to the extent that your platform is inflexible, you're going to struggle with solving enterprise level
1: problems. I think you're exactly right. I mean, you know, let's, let's pause for a moment to think about the, the reality of a, of a digital project, you know, and sometimes you have the luxury of deciding your own timelines. So you may decide, as an organisation, that you know you need to to re-platform your digital ecosystem, and you can plan that out, maybe one, two, three years in the planning with the various participants and practitioners across the agency, the marketing team involved, and the technical team, and all manner of other other members of the of your organisation. But of course, that's not always the luxury that we get. Sometimes. We're forced into replatforming. Now that might be that the previous build is being deprecated. Maybe we've got a reliance on you know an old version of of a platform that is no longer being supported. So suddenly we've got a, a ticking time bomb. Like suddenly the clock is ticking, and we've got six months, twelve months, a sort of license, you know, sort of lead up time where we have to replatform. We've got no got no choice. And we work with clients in all manner of different situations. Sometimes it's been a proactive choice that they have identified business opportunities. They see an ROI opportunity and they're wanting to to re-platform to utilize those new business opportunities. But also we work with with organizations which have been forced into a a re-platforming that they've maybe through a deprecation of their their current solution they've reviewed sort of you know continuing with that platform and are then looking at replatforming at different opportunities at, at different solutions in the marketplace and these were all fascinating conversations and particularly when you know an organization maybe hasn't had the the time to plan their implementation the time to plan their new architecture because this is where we can help out hugely because you know with the depth of experience that we have having helped many organizations through these digital transformations through these replatforming challenges this is really where we can bring industry best practice to bear we can you know we don't have to reinvent the wheel every time we can stand on the shoulders of giants and implement best practice that's already been established and of course in our Unique position within the agency space. And we we know what that best practice is. We've implemented that best practice, and so I think for me that kind of starts to reduce the risk within the organisation. You know, it starts to reduce the the stress really. That kind of friction of introducing an open-ended question of where do we go? You know, which way do we go? Where do we, where do we take this digital project? And sometimes, you know, it can be paralyzing, the, the paralysis of choice for an organization, particularly when there are big, big decisions to be made. One thing that I would, you know, it's often, as we have these conversations, replatforming, and sometimes replatforming to, to WordPress, you know, it can be, there are certain things that, that need to be overcome, maybe in terms of existing Assumptions within the organization. Maybe a a CTO is is resistant to, to WordPress. They haven't, they're not aware of the changes within WordPress that maybe we were talking about at the top of this conversation, Landon. Maybe we've got a resistant marketer who's had a bad experience within WordPress. And again, I think it's really important to be transparent about these things. It's really important to be communicative about these things. And I, to me, the very best projects are when we become a true partner with the enterprise organization, where we're really helping them to win the hearts and minds internally, you know, where we have potential misalignment internally within the organization about platform selection. We're there to help, and we can really help sort of smooth over those discussions. And that's also a reality that we face, resistance internally and maybe misalignment as we look at platform selection, particularly when we're looking to replatform, you know, and taking on the uh, the challenges of a replatforming build.
0: I think what you said there sparked a few things for me. So I think the first one is when we think about what enterprise WordPress is, at its core, it is the flexibility of WordPress and the editing experience of WordPress and the ease of getting content onto the web that WordPress is built around, alongside the ability for WordPress to act as either the core or a very important part of your entire enterprise stack, right? It has the ability to integrate with talk to, connect itself to a whole host of systems that an enterprise may need. So when we talk about enterprise WordPress, what we're talking about is WordPress not as a just a CMS or just a blogging platform or even just a web building platform, but as a integral core part of the entire technology stack. So I, that, that's what comes to mind when you talk about that, Sean. But the other piece that you mentioned, which is what does it look like for a team to do enterprise WordPress? You brought up the point that with that experience of having done enterprise WordPress, you're not reinventing the wheel every time. And I think that's a really important point because not everyone has done enterprise WordPress and not everyone is poised to do enterprise WordPress. And I think finding the right partner that can help you build enterprise WordPress at scale is going to be essential for the success of whatever digital project you're undertaking.
1: Yes, I think you're you're exactly right. And it is And that's true of any platform, but particularly with WordPress, because it's such a a diverse market, because there is the potential to pick a a smaller, maybe a boutique agency that superficially seems like they build great WordPress sites. Yeah, with Sitecore or Sitefinity,
0: you know, you're going to get someone who's done an enterprise build before, right? But that's not necessarily the case with WordPress.
1: No, that's exactly right. And so there is, you know, and I think that that bears out as a word of caution you know sort of be mindful that there are you know many different uh, wordpress can turn itself to to many different scales of site that as you say you know the examples that you use site i think sitefinity are simply not true like they don't they don't gravitate down to those smaller smaller sites. They can't really build those smaller implementations. But WordPress can be used for that. But of course, as we're talking about, it can also be used for the larger enterprise implementations. And there's, there's two things that I would bring out, really, that I think uh, sort of show WordPress at its best in terms of using it as an implementation. So when we think about true enterprise implementation, essentially what we're building are platforms, like we are building a, a custom platform for your organization with the you know, many specific integrations. Some might be very standard in terms of, let's say Salesforce and HubSpot maybe, and some may be more unusual in terms of a kind of legacy custom system that you have, or a middleware or, or some other kind of system that you you require. And so you know, there is a commonality here where there's enterprise architecture that, you know, almost irrespective of what platform you choose, there are kind of standard best practices in terms of architecture at this scale, architecture in terms of integrations. Now, the beauty of WordPress is that it doesn't get in the way this implementation it's not opinionated so where you may have and i don't want to pick out any particular platform but you know where a certain platform may have an existing integration with uh, salesforce or some other platform but it's it's kind of brittle so you have to work within the, the restrictions of whatever configuration exists with that integration and if you move outside it you know it's huge undertaking and a huge investment and a, and a you know, a, a huge extra development for your team within that platform. well WordPress tends not to be that brittle so it's much more flexible so you know we can have those integrations but we can also reconfigure we can change those integrations with those platforms in, in a much more expedient and efficient way than other platforms so that that would be the first and I think the second is that that editorial experience. You know, we are as WordPress enterprise engineers. We're able to prioritize that editorial experience. So no longer is it, you know, like a, a great form that you need to fill in in the back end of the CMS. So you're putting in, you know, all manner of fields and, you know, selecting drop downs and so on. And then you press publish, and there's a kind of leap of faith as it's reconstructed onto the front end to actually be the data that's displayed to your to your customers or to your your end users, and that might be you know a, a beautiful display, but the editorial experience to get there has been pretty woeful. You know, it's it's been a form or a, or you know at least a broken experience. Modern WordPress is light years ahead of that. Modern WordPress is a is a WYSIWYG experience, and I'll caveat this in a moment. But WordPress is a as WYSIWYG experience, It so really as an editor editor creating. Um, editorial content. So things like articles, things like pages, maybe events all manner of things that you would deem as editorial content. You've got this flexible WYSIWYG editor. What you see in the back end is what your end users will see on the front end. And that really is an extraordinary paradigm shift where we can start to see. And in fact, Landon, we do see this with our enterprise uh, clients. We see them starting to become more ambitious in terms of the diversity of content that they create. We see enrichment in terms of that content, but but also when we start to think about the potential monetization, the ROI uh, of this implementation or this approach to implementation, when you start to think about the e-commerce flow, when you start to think about your conversion paths, your conversion journeys, and being able to refine that, be able to run a-B tests to, to validate some of your assumptions, maybe as an organization, and you start to get data back to get that virtuous cycle of data back as you can start to make incremental improvements. Well, again, WordPress is extraordinarily flexible there. So the caveat that I was gonna mention is that WordPress can still be a data engine. It can still be a data center. Yeah, and so for some organizations, there's, and in fact, for many organizations, it's a bit of a mix. And so what we like to do is create that editorial experience for your uh, released content. Maybe this is your articles, your you know, green form kind of pages and, and other sort of content. But then you might have products you might have other more meta-driven sort of data. And again, WordPress is really strong there in terms of having that flexibility to structure your data to your needs, not having to... Uh, change your data or change your structure to the needs of WordPress. So that's really where the flexibility comes into play. And and it is many times I have seen organizations replatform away from an existing platform to WordPress solely for the editorial experience. I have never, ever heard of an organization going the other way.
0: That's been my experience as well, uh, especially with some of the larger enterprise level CMSs the experience for marketers or other people that need to push out content is not great. And you might ask yourself, okay, well, why does that matter, right? Why does it matter if you've got a 10 page form that's like filling out your taxes every time you want to build a page? And the reason for that is when you have a easy cooperative editing experience, it puts you in a position where your marketers can do more. They can get more content out. And that's almost always the limiting factor on Websites is the amount of content, new content that a marketing team can push out to keep the site fresh and up to date and aligned with where the business is. And if something changes tomorrow and it needs to be updated, going through a 10 page form is is pretty miserable compared to the standard editing experience. We call it Gutenberg on WordPress. And I think someone has been fond of saying that Gutenberg is the best editing experience on the web right now. I'm not sure who that was, but I think it is
1: the block editor, as we like to call it now. But yes. The block editor is great. Right. I mean, coming back, coming back to that point, Landon, you know, the success of, of many implementations is about trying to reduce that friction to a success point. And yeah, if we think of our, e-commerce think of stores you know we're we're forever trying to reduce the friction to hit those conversions you know as we as we try and get users to enter the funnel we're reducing that friction to move them seamlessly through our our buying sort of process you can think of the editorial experience in exactly the same way you know as if we have this 10 page form that's like filling in your facts uh, your taxes you know that's huge friction point. Who wants to fill in their taxes? And so, you know, marketers will reluctantly move into the CMS. They won't be telling your business story. They won't be creating the narrative around your products, around your organization, around the messaging that you want to create to your to your end users, because the friction is so high. And so utilizing something like WordPress, and as you say, Landon, that, you know, the Gutenberg, the block editor is is how we implement this WYSIWYG experience. But this is now such a low friction point that, you know, we're seeing enriched narratives from organizations. We're seeing an increased output in terms of their messaging to their end users, their com- content, you know, that, that's, that's put in front of their, their end users. And and incidentally, you know, as a, an omni-channel platform, so starting to think about WordPress, you know, powering much of your comes across multiple channels, you know, again, it's in a really strong position to be kind of core to your omnichannel approach. And I think that's where, you know, again, in the right hands, you know, it's got to be built by the right team. It's got to be built with you know, these kind of challenges in mind, these enterprise challenges in mind, but then equally with the right training and documentation for empowering an internal team, uh, you know, the marketing team or, or, or another sort of internal team to really utilize this to its full potential you know, the ROI on, on this kind of approach is extraordinary. I mean, this really is, you know, world-class implementations.
0: So, Sean, to that end, to kind of wrap up and put a bow on all of this, I actually want to end on an area that you maybe won't hear from a lot of WordPress folks or a lot of enterprise WordPress folks, which is what are some of those areas that WordPress doesn't do well at scale or needs a little bit of support from a third party to do well at enterprise
1: level? Um, so there's a few areas that that we try and prop up WordPress, we try and improve WordPress and when we wouldn't consider using the, the native implementation. A good example of this maybe is search. So native WordPress search is trying to solve the problems of the 43%, you know, is probably a good way of thinking about it. But as a larger organization, you're likely to have a larger data set. Or even just higher expectations in terms of the user experience interfacing with your search. And so, this is where we bring in external search partners. We would use a, a kind of a SaaS product or a microservice to bring in and integrate seamlessly with WordPress, maybe Elasticsearch, maybe some other um, search service that's out there in, in the wild. So, that's a really good example, I think, of where we can and have been for a number of years now, supplementing an area where WordPress maybe isn't so strong uh, with a service that is world-class, that really is, you know, at the, the top of that chain.
0: And I think the silver lining there is to the point we've been making. WordPress is flexible. And so you're not bolting on something external that's not really going to work well. You're actually integrating something that works really well with WordPress into an enterprise stack. And so WordPress is Unopinionated enough to be able to take in someone else's search or someone else's identity management or some or whatever you need at an enterprise level in order to make that a better experience.
1: Exactly that, and I think another good example of that is the is a DAM where you're dealing with assets, you know, media assets. Now again, WordPress can do this; it has its own media library and interface for working with media library. But as you maybe you're working, you know, we have organizations we we work with uh, utilizing millions of images. Now we don't wanna run those through WordPress and the CMS. So we integrate with a dedicated dam. And the benefits of that of course, is that then photographers at events can push those images to the dam. The design team can use the dam to store their images. The photo manipulation can happen in the dam. marketers can utilize it. And so the WordPress becomes a consumer uh, of these multimedia assets from a dam that that is servicing your organization in a much wider way. So there's another great example of where, you know, thinking about WordPress as part of a bigger ecosystem, as a part of a bigger uh, implementation for your organization. And exactly as you say, Landon, you know, it has that flexibility uh, to integrate in the in the ways that we need it to, that flexibility to integrate in different ways to really play to the strengths of these other services and these other, other opportunities that these services present.
0: Sean, thank you so much for joining us. It's always great to chat with you about enterprise WordPress. And I have a feeling that you and I will be talking about this again very soon.
1: I'm sure we will, Landon. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you.
0: Thanks again for joining us and thanks to Sean for all of his wisdom. For more information about today's episode and the topics discussed today, check out our dedicated WordPress Edge landing page at AmericanEagle.com studios. And if there's an enterprise WordPress topic you'd like us to cover next time or to submit feedback, email us at wordpressedge at americaneagle.com and let us know. And finally, be sure to follow this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts to stay up to date with us and don't forget to follow us on social media. This episode was brought to you by americaneagle.com studios. I, as always, I am your host, Landa De And until the next episode, feed your WordPress obsession.